you have something to say, I'd like to hear it. I want a divorce. Are you asking me for a divorce? Divorce? I will divorce you so fast, it'll make your head spin. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. You want a divorce? This is Dallas Divorce Talk with Don Butner and Carla Calabrese. Don and Carla guide you deep inside the world of divorce through all the ins and outs, ups and downs, and any unexpected turns. Now, your hosts to have and to hear, Don Budner and Carla Calabrese. <laughs> Hello, this is Dawn Budner. I am here with Carla Calabrese, and we're calling this part two of Consider the Kids. Absolutely. Because we didn't think of a catchy second no, name. No, no, it, because it's still Consider the Kids. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, now you can't change the name in if you want to. She nope. said it. Nope. <laughs> we can't. We can't. <laughs> well, it works. So what we talked about before on Consider the Kids Part 1 was the study by Judith Wallerstein over 25 years of the unexpected legacy Legacy. of divorce. Yeah, that's the book. That's the title of the book. the name of her book, Mm -hmm. as it impacts children of divorce, right? right? Yep. And, and it was done, what, 1980? 1980. 1980 was when, when her study yeah, and, was And done. the point of that, um, that why we wanted to bring that up, too, is what you did is you had folks uh, in our firm go and try to figure out if the underpinnings of that study, you know, the, or the, con- the conclusions. conclusions of that study um, are still valid or have they been in any way uh, diminished or, you know, uh, right. conflicted and and we haven't right it still right. sort of stands I, from right. 1980 I think so I think so so it's kind of an important point that I wanted to make you know before we go forward is that this even though 1980 it was when it was written so if you were to go look at the book and get it and go oh 1980 it's not been refuted right at all no and what people have done there have been additional studies I don't think right. anything has debunked her conclusions right but Folks, I mean, obviously the world is different today, and you know, hopefully we advance and improve and come up with um, some ideas that are helpful in addressing some of what she found, which is that divorce harms kids. Um, and I was telling Carla, you know, nowadays the term resiliency is really popular in totally, you know, books and talks and things about children that especially in today's world now where we've got everything moving so fast, the information age. Well, and um, in fact, I mean, hold your thought, but in fact, I mean, I was at a seminar um, last week where we brought in a professor from Stanford. It was one of my collaborative seminars, and his name was Fred Luskin, and he did a forgiveness seminar. And really the crux of it was, it was you know, w- w- you know, is how resilient are people? How do they how do they get through these divorces? Do they crumble? Do they hold and harbor their their resentment forever, or do they just you know pick themselves up off the floor and dust themselves off and c- recommit themselves and move on? So he kept talking about resilience as it related to forgiveness. Right. So not just for children, although I think you're right, we're seeing it all over. Um, you know, books about right. how to raise the resilient child, but I think it's pretty clear because he said the resilient person is happy. The person right. who is resilient well, is happy. And here's That's the, thing. the connection he made, right? There are a couple of things that we know in this life. So to put a little bit of context around this very depressing topic, mm-hmm. we know that we're going to die. <laughs> Hi, you really want to go to lunch with me today? I'm just full of fun. I, I, I plan to live forever, but yeah. <laughs> Yes, other than Kevin. And... Number two, we know, you know, we're going to lose people and sucky things are going to happen. Life sucks Life is hard, right? Right. And so the point is, look, don't 
you know, we're not in living in a beaver cleaver world. And I'm sure everyone under the age of 50 has no idea what that reference was. <laughs> but anyway, we, we are better off if we sort of accept that hard things are going to happen right. and that we can make it through them. And what is kind of troubling about the research um, on children of divorce is that their ability to handle stress and to be resilient in the face of change is diminished. Right. And I just have to believe that that's something that we can can help, that we can ameliorate that with right. some changes, you know, I hope. And I, I, I do believe that. Um, and it is true for parents, too, because by definition, if you are a more resilient adult and you are going through a divorce that you may or may not have wanted, either way, you're going to be grieving. Um, your ability to process, you know, grief and and bad feelings and move forward is is key to how you do and how your children yeah absolutely right absolutely um but so there's one really interesting quote uh in response to judith wallerstein that i want to get into but judith wallerstein has one idea at least that Mm -hmm. is pretty controversial yeah back then it was controversial back then well everything she said was controversial back then (laughs) but even today i think her, she was really against joint custody arrangements. Right, that's and right. She, and there are some people who argue against them. And the main idea is, look, if this couple you know, is so conflicted that they can't stay married, then why should we believe that they can parent the child together? Um, and it's not realistic, basically, was her point way back when. Mm-hmm. And you know, the fact is that is not the way the trend is going. Or, and yeah, right. For a long know, time now. Actually. For a long time yeah. now. We have a presumption in Texas um, of joint conservatorship for parents. Yeah. And, and it's not just one of those things that's on the books. I mean, I think that there is just a really strong public policy that you can feel in everything as far as um, recognizing both parents as being equally important to children. Right, right. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, so, for sure. Absolutely. You know, in in that way, in terms of the involvement of fathers in particular, um, I will say her study shows all kinds of horrible impacts when fathers are not involved. Right. You know, and sometimes when the father gets some cruddy little, you know, possession and that's it, then that, you know, discourages the relationship and the fathers fall off. Right. That's not good. Right. We know if anyone does read her book, you'll see there are all kinds of terrible impacts on both boys and girls as a result of not having their dad. So all in all, um, we reject Judith Wallerstein's idea (laughs) that joint custody is not a good idea um, because in our ideal world, I guess the parents would still be married, but in the second ideal world, they will co-parent in a very mature and healthy way. But where I do tend to think she might be right is I don't think a joint custody arrangement where parents are still slinging mud at each other is... And, and sometimes it's just one parent. I'll just be honest. I mean, right. you know, we have lots of cases where um, you've got, you know, one parent who's sort of just exhausted from just the unhealthiness of the other, and um, so which brings down their ability to even be he- be healthy. But um, regardless whether it's both slinging or one just slinging, it's still not healthy for the kids to be in a joint custody arrangement where um, the parents are just not able to co-parent. And so, you know, let's explain what we mean by joint custody. uh, Joint conservatorship is what I should say, because custody, custody is not really the right word. But 
A joint conservatorship is essentially one where the parents have joint rights, duties, responsibilities. And typically, they have the right to trump the other parent. So you have some, um, you know, the right to determine education or make education decisions or medical decisions or, um, you know, things of that nature. Um, so in a joint conservatorship relationship, the parents have the right, they basically have to both agree. They have to agree. So when they don't agree and then they bring in their garbage around it and then, you know, that's when the kids get caught in the crossfire. And I think where I agree with Judith Wallerstein, it would be we, we need to be much more cognizant of the relationship between these parents and the mental health of these people before we just sign them up for joint conservatorship. And um, I think we try to do that in our office by looking at those joint rights and not just, you know, um, just saying, hey, everything is joint and that's the way it's going to be. That's that's what joint conserv conservatorship is. And I think we accept out some of those rights, um, specifically ones that we know they, can, they tend to argue about. Um, not going to go into the detail about that. But the point just is, um, sometimes I think, and, and, and we have had cases, I mean, God knows, I mean, you've had God more than you care to care to care to admit that really parallel parenting, which is a different concept than joint right, custody, right. right? So parallel. So let parenting me say one thing about joint custody, joint conservatorship. conservatorship. First. I'm so sorry. I keep using the word custody. No, no, that's okay. Well, they clients, used it in. They used it in. Tell, this we always tell our clients, don't. That's not. That, 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 that. Right. Here but, I am saying it left, right, and center. Well, the distinction I want to make is that when you talk about you know, the, that title, first off, people get so upset about that title. They want to be primary, which, yeah. you know, the main barely means anything, but <laughs> the joint conservatorship, there are kind of two pieces to it there. What Carly, you just referenced, which is the rights and duties. And you can have, you know, one parent has exclusive rights on certain things. Right. They share rights on the other. They have the independent rights on the other. And so it can be a number of different ways. And there should be some intention behind which box you check That's on that. That's the point I'm making. Yes. Lots of times there's no intention. Right. They just say joint, joint, joint. Yeah, and then it turns joint. out to be kind of a disaster. A disaster, yeah. But this issue the, the rights and duties is not the same as possession right and yeah. a lot of folks you know when they're talking about sort of any of these parenting issues right. their focus is on possession right. and how many hours right. and all that right. stuff right 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 um so we I like to call to it parenting time and our evolved yes, practice exactly of possession of your collaborative ownership, yeah, own, you know. yeah, possession i shall possess you yes um but <laughs> so I, yeah so i just i wanted to make that point that you know, yeah. I, I think sometimes that, that well, let me say Judith Wallerstein, I think, was talking about the rights and duties. She wasn't saying mm -hmm. that the other parent that's, should yes, not have that's time my with the point. child. I think that's my point. I, I think that's what she... Right. You, you, I, you, that's you, my understanding yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So that that is her point. I think as a practical matter that the, the current has, you know, has gone the other way. And... I don't think that's necessarily bad unless we are just, you know, going around without actually being aware and paying attention. So, and and I think, frankly, we are doing that. <laughs> you know, we are unconscious throughout. Um, but what I started to say before we went back and explained that that issue uh, on joint custody is not the type of custody that matters is what a more recent author has written, but how the parents interact. Right. And that is so correct. I mean, your kid doesn't give a crud what the label is. Right. And I think what Carla and I both would venture so far as to say is this, that 
we don't care either what that label is and you know what you whether you're satisfied or having high self-esteem around that label um, (laughs) because the issue really is what is the kid feeling right and whatever we can do to make it so that the child is not feeling the tension between the parents that is the key to all of this research and all of these negative effects right right you know absolutely um And so one thing that's interesting, too, by the way, talking about possession time, one article that our clerks uh, showed me, it was an abstract from a study. And it turns out, you know, one benefit of technology in our changing world is that it does help parents stay connected to their kids and it helps them in a way that is satisfying for the kids. So know that, you know, when you feel like there's nothing you can do and helpless, Checking in with your kids, texting frequently, Skyping, and all that. Unless they're 16-year-old boys, then they, well, they, yeah, they then won't they even answer. Won't, they won't read it. <laughs> but you can write stuff on their Facebook page, and they won't know either. Um, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Sneaky. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a really it. good point. So you're basically saying that that's one way in our modern world that we can, you know, it, just by checking in with them more often right. on, on text and whatnot. You can stay more connected to them, which is a positive thing, which helps um, create a more positive um, experience. A more security, experience right, experience their throughout feet, the right? Divorce, so, yes, divorce, so yeah. you, that, I, I thought that was wonderful news. Um, and how are we doing on time, Kevin? Oh, uh, you got about a minute left. Okay. Do you want to start wrapping up? Well, so what, just for the first half? Yes. Okay, good. Because when we come back, what Carla and I want to talk about are some ideas out there uh, for different approaches that may help, you know, ameliorate some of these negative consequences for, for kids. So hang tight. Go, go look on iTunes and see which of our other episodes you're going to listen to next. And we also, also we have a Twitter page. We do. It's and Dow Facebook. Divorce Talk is our Twitter handle and our Facebook page. So we will be back in two shakes. I was afraid. I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. Celebrating the sanctity of good radio, this is Dallas Divorce Talk. And we're back. We are here with some ideas for you on things you can do if you are a divorced parent who is co-parenting a child. Or considering divorce. Or considering divorce. We want you to consider the kids. Yes, we do. And actually, even if you're a divorced parent who gets cranky with the spouse, you may listen in and find <laughs> some tips. Um, so you said a divorced parent or a non-divorced parent? A non-divorced. Parent? Oh, I thought non-divorced, oh, yeah. Oh, did I say divorced? You said divorced. Something for everyone. You, exactly. <laughs> I think you said divorced, but oh, I said non-divorced. Oh, I've got divorce on the brain. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So I just think this is so interesting, and I'm such a nerd that I love to talk about things like this, but have you all ever heard the concept of how so much of communication is not about the words that we say, but how we say them. And my um, ever loyal little researchers have given me basically a study that tells us that there are estimates that 7% of communication is about the words that we say. Yeah. That leaves 93%. (laughs) It of does. that, isn't that nuts? I don't know that I like those numbers. <laughs> I know. Well, of that, 38% is vocal, meaning 
the tone you use and the inflection you put on your words. Right. Okay? <clears throat> and 55% is nonverbal. Mm. That is about the sour, gasping expression on your face. <laughs> the rolling of the, the eyes. The eye roll, your posture. A contemptuous your, look on yes, your face. That's a bad look. one. Contempt is really bad. Refusal to make eye contact Yeah, is refusal. another one. Yeah. Yes, we know you're doing that. Your children know you're doing that. They've told us that you're doing that. So everyone sees it. But nobody wants to... You know, fully understand. Well, I haven't said one. You know, I haven't called my wife a bee in front of the kids in you yeah. know six months. Well, <laughs> congratulations! But the fact that you will not look at her <clears throat> and that you know your body language just turns in wreaking yeah. anger. Yeah. Your kids see yeah. every speck of that, right? Um, and you know, your word choice is still important, though. I right. do want to say, saying let's let's pack up. We're going to mom's house is different from. Are you ready to go over to your mother's house? You know, those are different. Those feel different to the kid. Right. Um, And then just different words, just the extreme words, right? The all, never, you know, those things. The black or white words. The black or white words. Love those. And God forbid that you're mentioning to your child that the child support check is late or something, (laughs) you know, if you're doing that, you're seriously in huge trouble. And And do not deliver things between no spouses should never should not be the mail carrier no children should never be used to carry messages or anything <laughs> Bills, else invoices god forbid no exactly Th- that don't make them a mule <laughs> i worked i worked for a federal district court judge and we had a lot of criminal cases and the mules went to jail too people so <laughs> do not do that to your child then the uh, the really aggressive tell me about your weekend and did dad have a woman with him when you know <laughs> no and no no you can't do that sometimes the messenger does get shot yes <laughs> Exactly. The messenger is getting shot in the heart in this case. Um, And so what do we do about that? Because we know, don't even tell us, we know it is all your spouse that you don't do any of these things. But, you know, Carla and I have been talking quite a lot about this. And while courts do um, order people to attend parenting classes sometimes, um, you know, it seems like they're only one or two that people use and I'm sure that they are good or they wouldn't be used but it seems like we should be branching out a bit and doing a little bit more especially when we read all these studies and we find out how poor all of us are at understanding communication right right right? I mean everybody limited to people who are going through divorce right, right it's not but for especially people in this situation where it's just we are in crisis. We need to, to intervene here to save the kids. Right. We should have the very best tools available for them, and I'm not quite sure we do. Right. Um, but there are anger management classes, co-parenting. And one thing that I read about in this stuff that, that the law clerks gave us is called face work, which I think is so interesting. And to the point about, um, you know, the sneer, the grimace, <laughs> and the contempt, it is literally work with someone who is training you to, you know, have your face. I mean, I'm telling you, some of our clients do not understand how they look. They need to go in the mirror. I have, like, begged and pleaded because I have to take these people into court. Yeah, she's got to put them on the stand. I have begged. I have tried to explain to them, you need to go and say this in the mirror, and you're going to run screaming out of the bathroom. Because they don't know, they don't see it, yeah, and you, so yeah, they don't see how they look. No, yeah. and and the if ju- and the judge catches it quickly. Oh my gosh! Yeah. 
everyone else knows. The roll of the eyes, the big sighs while you're sitting next to the council at the council table while the other spouse is up there. Or God forbid speaking out, which has also happened to me. (laughs) Had the court security officer walk over toward my client. (laughs) And this applies to both men and women. Absolutely. Oh, that was a woman. Oh, that was, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, that was a woman. (laughs) And let me say, I mean, sometimes in, in these cases, you know, we have the client who I feel like is much more together and behaving appropriately. And sometimes we have the other client. Right, exactly. And if I think that... You know it, <laughs> you know, because really, I'm I'm for the kid here. Yeah. Um, well, and actually, I'm for you. So we're for you because you can't go into a courtroom doing that because you will lose. Yes, so. that is very true. Um, you know, but anyway, so that is a thing apparently. The this face. What's face it called work. again? It's called face work. So what is it? So, what does it mean? Or so it is literally training you to hold your uh, facial expression in a way that is positive positive and not negative oh. and you know i i was telling carla it's kind of the fake it till you make it thing right i think it's really true yeah. like have you ever just been so miserable and depressed or angry and you had to go to some event right. sit there and pretend like you're super <laughs> delighted to meet people and you really hate them all <laughs> and then like 30 minutes later you realize it's not so bad oh yeah. I, okay I'm happy. Yeah. So, you know, there's something to that, yeah, to forcing definitely. yourself to put on the happy face. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we did learn everything we needed to know in kindergarten. Yeah, I think so. I think we did. A <laughs> um, little happy face turns out to be the key. Uh, but anyway, so that is something that, you know, is very basic. There's there's no way anyone's thinking of that. Yeah. You no know? Doubt. Yeah, and no doubt. We, we all should be, because it's one of the most basic things. It's what did I say? 55% or, you know, of what you're communicating. So we all should get that message, but especially if you're holding that other spouse in ill regard, ill regard, (laughs) then you are at a very high risk of having these facial expressions and not being aware. So communication again is what I think Wallerstein was telling us. And I'm going to go back to Fred Luskin from um, from Stanford um, because we had that seminar last week. And one thing he told us um, in dealing with our divorce clients is that in order to get them to a place um, where they can communicate in a much more um, enlightened way is um, he had all these exercises for us. So one of them, I guess this is, you know, you were talking about the face exercise, I guess, I don't guess we can call it that. One of them that he had for us, it was really interesting. We have in our collaborative group about, let's say 17 people that were there and we were at a you know, country club at lunch having this um, seminar and he told us to go outside and walk briskly for five to 10 minutes. Do not have a phone, no phone. Um, do not walk with somebody else. Carla, were you wearing your heels? Yeah, I was. It was terrible, really. I know. I forgot I had the seminar. Usually I wear jeans, but I had my heels on. Carla has some high heels. And so I, um, but so that's what we were to do. And, um, and five to 10 minutes, just, you know, the grounds were beautiful. He also said what he, what they do when they teach people about this is that, um, preferably if it's sunny, that would be great because the sun is huge in terms of changing your attitude and all that. But we just, this brisk walk for five to 10 minutes with nobody else, no phone, no nothing, and just be with you and your thoughts. And then come on back afterward and then go ahead and have that discussion or or have that, you know, um, interchange, 
with your ex-spouse or whatever. So um, it was really interesting because we we really realized just these little things that you can do, like you said, the face work or something like this. We're not really teaching that to people Mm -mm. in divorce. I mean, you know, we've got these clients who are at the rawest of raw. I mean, you know, divorce is up there with the top three stress right. life death, stressors, yes. death of a spouse, divorce, death of a child. I actually think it's above death of a child, which is... No un- way. I think it is. I really... I, okay, I, we're going to look that one yeah, up. I'm no, not No, 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 I do. I think it is. I think that the, the stressors are those two, and then I think that's third. And so um, they're at their worst. And so if if we're not able to kind of help them as, as lawyers, um, who they really rely on us because they come to us as divorce lawyers right. and... Um, so that's par- partially what we do in this collaborative work. But back to Judith Wallerstein and what we're talking about today, these are things that I think we can help um, and maybe we can educate the courts about and maybe we can have you know, more of that kind of impact during the process right. itself. Right, you know? because at the end of the day, some very high percentage of divorce is about a breakdown of communication. Right, exactly. So we should drill down on that. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked everything you said except that you're taking a brisk walk left alone with your thoughts because I am learning Eckhart Tolle shout out here. <laughs> I am learning Love him. the concept that your thoughts are not necessarily worth squat. <laughs> and you know, just because you think something or feel something doesn't mean it deserves to be honored. It may be passing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I, I totally agree. I think what he was saying was, the brisk walk, the being alone, and the um, no connection with cell phone and whatnot would uh, and being outside and that was huge. And he right. kept, and he, he's from Stan, he's from Stanford and from California. Of course, it was kind of a gloomy day. It was like last Wednesday, I think. And he said, "Well, normally we have lots of sun, and when I come, he comes every year to work with um, a company to do this stuff." Um, but he said, "But the sun and the you know the outdoors and the, that is what takes those thoughts." And tucks them away. Right. So I agree with you completely. To go out there and walk and brood is not right, the answer. Exactly. But he's basically saying, he said, and, and if it's not such a great um, day or it's cold, 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 what he does because he's got this this group that he goes and he, and he trains is is that he has them go to the window, find the biggest window with the sun coming in, and just stand there. He said something about the sun. Absolutely, just looking at the sun, and then I have to tell you another thing my dad said. Um, looking at the sun and being having it just kind of flow onto your body is an amazing way to kind of change your neurons in your brain and change your attitude about what you're dealing with that very moment. Well, nature is huge. I mean, that's why yeah. so many, you know, ki- like when kids are struggling as teens, you know, wilderness camps, that idea... There are so many of them in Utah, yeah, um, and where it's beautiful with right, the national parks right, and everything. Right, and right. I mean, that's a message too. If you want to connect with your kid, spending time with your kid outside, outside yeah. in nature, yeah, it's is huge. It's huge, huge. Yeah. and it does it. It takes you to a different place. Yeah. Well, one thing my dad used to say when um, just he's got so many words of wisdom. I could probably do a whole book on my dad's words of wisdom, but he would say when he was depressed, he suffers from depression. I mean clinical. I mean, unbelievably so, because he is just the happiest guy ever on his medication. But um, he said, well, when he, would be de- when he would be depressed, he would just sometimes go outside and just look at the sun. And that's all it took. Wow. And he said, and, and I would look at the sun. ahead of his time right there. I would there. look at the sun and I would say, look at that sun up there. That's a pretty amazing thing. And he said, I always would feel better after I did that. And isn't that amazing? Because that's just 
very similar to what yes. Fred Luskin was saying. So. I know. We're, our minds are so crowded with all this nonsense that we're getting exactly. away from just the most basic exactly. truths. Exactly. Exactly. So. And the truth is that Kevin is wagging his finger yeah, at me. I am. Yeah. We so are. now we don't get to talk about some of our other brilliant ideas. So we'll but have to we do will. it next time. Yes. Consider the kids 3.0. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> That's going to be a first, a 3.0. So if you want to weigh in, ask questions, suggest topics, please go to our Facebook page, Dallas Divorce Talk, and also if you our need help, Twitter, Twitter Dallas Divorce Talk. Twitter, and what else? Twitter? Facebook. I think you covered all them. Oh, and uh, check out any past shows on iTunes. iTunes. iTunes, yeah. iTunes. And if you have or need help in the family law arena, www.calibreshuff.com. Please come see us. <laughs>